Hey everyone, it's Kara here with another mutual aid episode of the Professional Brotherhood. Well, welcome to 2020's version of Fire Prevention Week. It's going to look a little different for many departments this year. Typically, it's a great time to get out in the community and talk with our community members and do some face-to-face education with them about fire safety in their home and about uh the NFA, NFPA's topic of the year. This year, the focus is on kitchen safety. And as we all know, kitchen fires are the leading cause of house fires. So kitchen fire safety is very important and uh, lots of different opportunities in the community to teach about it when you have the opportunity to do hands-on, face-to-face education With the pandemic crisis, that's made it very challenging for departments this year to do those type of things. So some of the things that are available to us are the Zoom um, and other online uh, modalities that you can use to reach out to different community groups and certainly in the schools. Uh, For those students that are doing at-home learning or if you have hybrid learning programs, that can be really helpful because then you're including everybody in the programming and the schools are pretty willing to work with you on those type of things. NFPA.org has some awesome resources that you can download as well as um, send out links to schools. They have age-specific learning modules on there, so it kind of takes a lot of the guesswork out and uh you can add your own departments or your own local communities um, specific information about your department and what you have available. If you're doing any kind of on-site training that's um, COVID-friendly, for lack of a better term, in your area, uh, you can add that into. I know a lot of departments are shying away from that right now due to the pandemic crisis to try to keep everybody safe and Try not to have the whole department get wiped out by getting infected. Um, the other thing that's uh, that you can do, too, is break it down. You know, instead of having a big group go out, you know, where you have a large group of, of your members go into a place, maybe you can, you know, span it out and have one or two members go um, follow COVID practices for visitation to schools or to community centers or to community groups and keep it on a smaller scale, but spread out um, through the throughout the community. I think when we think about fire prevention education, most often schools and young children come to mind. But it's really important to think about the other populations that are in our first due area that need fire prevention education. And I'm talking about like senior citizens' homes, uh, group homes for adults or children with developmental delays or developmental disabilities, and um, even large factories that you might have in your area or large places of business that employ a lot of people. Uh, any of those places are great places to hit up to talk about fire prevention and fire prevention education as well. With the theme of the year being kitchen safety, the senior and elderly population are a really high risk for kitchen fires. That's because as we age, our mental capacity can slow down a little bit. We can get more forgetful. Um, you may have seniors that are still trying to live independently that might not have 
as much help in their homes. They may not have families there with them in senior set in senior centers where they have maybe their own apartment dwelling, um, but they have group areas or a group kitchen sometimes. Those can be uh, good places to reach out and do some education. With the senior population, it's difficult right now because of the pandemic to get to them. But again, if you talk to the leadership groups there, often you can make arrangements to have one or two people come in uh, to talk to those groups and you know, obviously you do some pre-screening and things like that and follow all the policies that are local to your area. But if you can go out and make those connections on a smaller scale, that's really helpful. Doing some of the Zoom um, presentations and some of the online video conferencing with the seniors is a little bit more difficult because generationally that's not a um, scope of communication that they're super familiar with. Um, You can't rule it out though. As seniors have um, become more prevalent, um, or rather they're staying in their homes longer and trying to stay independent more, they have become more well-versed in using technology. A great place to connect uh, for help with that is your local library. The public libraries are a wonderful resource for everyone in the community, and they're usually great partners for the fire department. They have a wealth of information, they have technology, they can help um, you connect with people that maybe aren't able to set up technology in their own homes themselves, but may be able to use the local library to uh, gain access to your presentations. Sometimes the libraries will also host Uh, online presentations that they will put out and also promote for you. So that's a great way to connect with your community as well and check in and see what they have going on and see if they can help you promote some fire prevention education. With the kitchen fires um, and kitchen safety, the focus that you want to have is on the typical things that we all teach all the time, right? Fire extinguishers, uh, having an escape plan, You also want to talk to your participants about um, not getting distracted. We have tons of things that can distract us now. Everybody's got phones. Everybody's, a lot of people are working from home. We have, if people have pets or if people have children, um, all of those things can contribute to walking away when you have something cooking on the stove or have something in the oven. So talking to people about that and um, reminding them to set a timer and do some of the um, preventative measures so that food isn't left cooking uh, on the stove or in the oven, causing a fire is a good focus to have. You also, this is a great topic to discuss scald injuries and burn injury prevention as well, especially if people have children in the home or if they have elderly um, people in the home or people with limited capacity. Um, Scald injuries are a higher risk for those populations. Simple things. um, In my work as a burn prevention educator at our local hospital, one of the most prevalent things that we see is um, actually ramen noodles that are microwaved or boiled getting pulled off counters. Uh, We see a lot of young children with these injuries or kids that are trying to make cup of noodles or ramen noodles themselves. I'm not sure what it is about it, um, 
why we have why that seems to be the most prevalent scald injury for kids, but it is. I don't know if it's one of the things that people first learn how to cook or what, but um, or if it's just you know really popular and it's inexpensive or what the case may be. Um, but scald injuries are very prev- prevalent with toddlers. They don't know. They just reach for something on the counter, for example, and then it's pulled over on them, and then they have a um, a burn injury from that. So tying in the burn prevention education piece with the kitchen safety piece um, is really important. The other thing that you want to talk about is making sure that the water heaters are set to um, 120 degrees or below to prevent scald injuries, especially with kitchen safety, Um, leaving the sink running or if somebody turns the sink on and the faucet is putting out water that's hotter than 120 is really high incident for scald and burn injuries as well. So other things that you can do um, if you don't want to have community members coming into your firehouse, this is also the time of year where a lot of firehouses would do open houses and things like that. Um, You can do scaled down versions using social media such as Instagram or Facebook. You can do book appointments uh, using social media for your department so that you can maybe have smaller groups, you know, groups of five or less or just one family at a time or whatever, um, book appointments to come into the station and talk to some of the firefighters and learn about fire prevention education, how to do a Edith drill, uh, all of those things. So that's another option too. Um, And that can work really well. And sometimes a smaller group is nicer because you get a little bit more of that personal contact Um, You get that one-on-one and, you know, you can still spread your message. Other things that are really easy to do that will still help you get your your name out there is sending out some of the stuff that you give out. If you give out um, coloring books or if you give out uh, silicone bracelets or if you hand out smoke detectors or if you do some things like that, Um, Getting those out to the community, you can still do that in a safe, contactless way if you need to. Um, If you use the silicone bracelets, the little, some of them glow in the dark or some of them have different, you know, sayings on them, you can get them with the NFPA's um, theme printed on the bracelets. Those are really nice to send out to the schools and have the kids wear home because then they their parents will ask them where they got it and want them to tell them about it and then it starts a conversation about fire safety in the home so there's lots of different ways to still get your message out there even though we are still living in uh the time of the pandemic i think it's just really important to keep a focus on fire prevention and keep it prevalent in the front of our minds as work that we do as firefighters I say this all the time in my uh, curriculum, my train the trainer for training firefighters on teaching fire prevention, but it's not the sexiest thing that, that we like to talk about. You know, it's not necessarily making the grab, but it's just as rewarding and it's even more rewarding if you have arrive on a scene of a fire and every everybody in that family is standing outside at their safe spot because they practiced their drill and they knew exactly what to do because of what you taught them. And they're safe and everybody's accounted for because they knew what to do. So it's super important to keep it 
to keep it front in your mind and find ways to work around the pandemic and keep the uh, keep the community safety a main part of our of our firefighting uh, work. That's all I have for tonight, guys. I hope everybody stays healthy and stays safe. And remember when the alarm hits, nobody cares if you're a career or volunteer. So stay professional. <laughs>